your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Friday. Woo, Friday. Lacrosse Talk PM, very excited to get the show over with so I can watch the Bucks game. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm actually, I'm actually kind of excited here. We're having Jane Swiggum on in a little bit. She's a state Senate candidate from the 32nd District, so right here in this area. He's going against Brad Paff at this point, right, uh, in, a, in the primary. And then will it be Dan Kapanke in November? She'll be up against uh, the seat vacated by not friend of show, Jennifer Schilling. Jennifer Schilling, now a lobbyist for, like, Dairyland Power or something, you know, after helping approve a $700 million plant there. Good job, Jane. Good job. Good job, Jennifer, I should say. 608-785-7914 is the talk at text line. Uh, I, yesterday, I mockingly read a northern Wisconsin county sheriff's post thinking, just this is, what are we doing? Like, the, the mass mandate comes out and then all these county well this county sheriff goes off on how they're not going to enforce the mass mandate well now the Monroe County Sheriff has done the same thing and the La Crosse County Sheriff has done the same thing and I get that we're not going to quote unquote enforce the mass mandate like we're not going to go throwing cuffs on people and and forcing a mask on them wear a mask what are you doing like like those police videos would be great right that would be great, <laughs> but but the idea of coming out publicly and saying you're not going to enforce a mask mandate really be, gives the power to uh, anyone that doesn't want to wear a mask that wants to go into a business. And uh, weird that like city police chiefs aren't doing this. I mean, not all county police chiefs are doing this, but you know, not chiefs, city, you know, the the non-elected. Police people, how about that? <laughs> you know, essentially, essentially, that's what what that comes to, comes up to. But uh, you know, police chief, police chiefs in lacrosse, I, I, have they? I I didn't see. I would have seen it. I think they they haven't come out and said they're not going to enforce that. And I I understand that we don't need to be throwing, not that we're going to cuff people, but giving people tickets for not wearing a mask. But why are we saying it publicly? Like the whole idea of of you know, enforcing laws and and, and stuff for the, by the police is, is that there's the threat of that. There's a threat of penalty. But when you say you're not going to penalize anyone, that just gives the, the idea that, oh, I don't have to worry about the police coming. What if police just said, you know what, we're not going to enforce marijuana laws anymore. We're not going to enforce drug laws anymore. We're not going to enforce speeding we're not going to enforce that. Well, they don't come out and say that stuff because then you would speed all the time. You would like smoke pot in the streets. Ah, police aren't going to do anything anyway. Uh, but this is a different situation too. Obviously, it's not a law, and it's it's about protecting other people. So I mean, OWI stuff like that, speeding. There's a certain amount of protection there, but you're also you're you're putting people in a weird position where they. People at workers at stores, right? Like the the idea of having the governor mandate mask was was great for people that work at stores that have to deal with customers. Now, a customers will wear a mask; they have to. And B, there there won't be this fight. Like, oh, your business is a pile of crap. Now you can point to the governor and blame the governor. But 
Not when the county sheriffs are coming out and saying, eh, we're not going to do anything about it. Don't call 911. That's what they're saying. Don't call 911. Well, you probably wouldn't call 911, but uh, but what do you do? <laughs> like, hey, I've got, a, I've got an immune deficiency, but I'm forced to go to work. And these people are in here. Not, this person's in here not wearing a mask, and he's in my face telling me I don't have to do anything. I can't do anything about it because the police are are just gonna ignore my you know call. Okay, well maybe just don't say anything. But it's an elected official. We probably should change the idea of uh, electing these these officials. Like maybe maybe we should just have do it the same way we do with police chiefs, right? Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Like I said, Jane Swigum, 32nd district candidate, is going to come on in just a couple of minutes. And after that, I did talk with La Crescent Police Chief Doug Stavanoff. So we had a conversation about this a little bit. And I, I talked to him a couple hours ago. So we so I recorded because he's, you know, Friday. Those, those guys got to get out of there pretty early, right? Um, but we're going to take a call here quick. Uh, Tom, you're on the air. Go ahead. Okay, I'll just mention a few things about the sheriff. First of all, he is elected. He is sworn to uphold the Constitution. Just because we have a governor that says that everybody's got to wear a mask in public, uh, the sheriff does not have to abide by that. The, um, Why not? And the other Why not? Is, uh, lacrosse sheriff said, just don't call 911. we got a lot of things to do. We have important things to do. Uh, but why so say it, Tom? Really why, why say it? But, just don't say it. What if the sheriff decides that they're not going to, you know what, we're not going to we're not going to pay attention to marijuana laws, which we've kind of talked about in the past. So go ahead and smoke marijuana all you want. That that is not quite the issue here. The reason it that is the, the issue. Sheriff, uh, local sheriff uh, spoke up is because he he's an elected official. That's the reason. I got to go. I got to I got I got no time to argue with all this. Uh, sorry if you're you're trying to call. I got Jane Swigga coming on. Brad's got to do the news. We'll be back after this. I'm Wisdom. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608 785 7914. If you want to get in here, I, I did talk real quick about the sheriffs saying they're not going to enforce mass mandates. The city of Lacrosse, Brad ran in here after the in the in the in the minute he had there just to give me this little update. The city of Lacrosse did put out a statement. I'll just read part of it. The City of La Crosse and the La Crosse Police Department feel that mask mandate provides a common-sense safety tool for our community, and we support efforts to keep the La Crosse community safe and healthy. We are asking for the community to voluntarily comply with the governor's order. Our efforts will include education and seeking voluntary compliance. In a rare event, a referral for civil forfeiture would be made. It would be made by the La Crosse County District Attorney's Office. So there, that's, the, that's not a, hey, don't call us, and we're not enforcing this, you know, giving giving those people that that want to you know make a scene at a at a store for some reason not wear a mask i don't know uh okay jumping right into it jane swigham is on the phone with me now she is running for the open seat in our district here the 32nd district not my district but your district if you're listening from the 32nd district uh how how are you jane oh hold up Uh, how about now now go ahead jane how are you (laughs) I'm great. How are you? I, I'm uh, fired up. No, I'm just, I, I like to pretend <laughs> I'm fired up. I'm, uh, I'm going to be wearing a mask when I go in stores, and I'm sure you are being that you're Nurse Jane, right? Correct. I wear, a, I wear a mask every time I enter a public area. So you're running, you're running for this open seat, the, the seat that Jennifer Schilling kind of 
you know, she said she wasn't going to run for re-election, and then she kind of bailed, and now she's a, you know, essentially a lobbyist for for Dairyland Power. Uh, I guess you know how how does it feel to 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 see that happen when when Jennifer Schilling kind of exits like that? Well, you know, we were told that she was leaving because she wanted to spend more time with her family, and I'm sure that's true. But um, when she left to take this job with Dairyland Power, I think all of us assume that it was quite a financial boon for her. So, you know, you got to do what's right for your family, but I really do think there should be some sort of period of time a person has to wait between leaving an office, a public office, and taking a lobbying job. Um, seems like a bit of a conflict of interest to be that quick out of the gates into basically making money by talking to people that you used to work with. Yeah, and and, and she was a little bit of a part of a, a deal or a, at least a, a letter by government officials to, I don't know, do you want to say urge the Public Service Commission to go ahead with a just a $700 million power plant? No big deal. <laughs> well... Well, it kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? I mean, what are people motivated to do? I am clearly not in the same category because I am running without taking any money from any source because I feel like it's a conflict of interest. And she will say that her conflict of interest was solved when she resigned. Um, I don't think so. I think things had been in the works, and she chose to leave because she saw a financial opportunity. If you were elected into the Senate, is there a way to, you know, I would I would assume you guys could, you all could create legislation to disallow stuff like that, right? You would think so, just like you'd think we'd be able to get some term limits in place. But the people who are writing the laws benefit from keeping them the way they are. So it is time to roust people out of office. If you are sitting at home thinking that your government is basically being run by people stuffing their pockets full of money then you need to vote like it matters. And I think you need to start voting for people who pledge to do term limits. And I know there are some out there saying it, and I'm saying two terms, eight years and out, because I think that's a lifetime. But people have to start to vote like it matters. All right. So is that, what, what other things do you, do you feel like, you know, if you were the, the, the Senate rep here in, in the La Crosse area, the 32nd District, what other things do you feel like are, are big priorities for yourself or for this district? Well, as a nurse, I have to say health care. Health care is something that affects every single person. And I think that um, my, one of my opponents is, well, both of them actually are very focused on farmers. But I can't speak for anybody else, but I am not a farmer. And I want someone who is going to work for everybody. And farmers will be impacted by having access to good, affordable health care. And we are seeing people who are being denied that by having monstrously high deductibles, um, co-pays, unable to afford their medications. So we need something different. And the idea that private insurance is going to work for us is ridiculous. Private insurance is they're trying to make a buck off of your health or illness. And it's time to look at something different. You know, Jobs kind of come and go in favor. We don't see coopers or cobblers or candlestick makers anymore. They just kind of fade away. And I think it's time for private health insurance to fade away. Uh, you're you're going to run. You're running against Brad Path right now. That would be the the August 11th would be when that vote happens. Uh, aside from the whole farmer thing, can you just talk about the differences you two have? Well, let's talk about the main one. I have two X chromosomes. I am a female. I am a woman. And we need more women in public office. 
Jennifer Schilling, when she left, I was hoping that we would automatically think, let's get a woman in the office, but instead she chose to, um, oh, what would you say, support her friend of 30-plus years, Brad Faff. The two of them are friends from working in Ron Kine's office. And so, basically, Brad Faff is running on someone else's um, shirt tails. When Ron Kind and Jennifer Schilling are both saying that they support him, it makes it pretty hard for someone else to come in. And I really think that we need a woman in office. If we want to see women succeed, have equal rights, equal pay, we have got to get women in public office, and we need a 50% representation. Until that happens, we are not going to be equal. Uh, and then, and then, when it comes to if you if you do defeat Brad Paff, uh, you know what, what about Dan Kapenke? What where, where do you you guys you guys have any differences at all? <laughs> Me and Dan Kapenke, we are night and day. Dan Kapenke has had um, a lot of public um, government experience because he has been elected to this seat twice. He was also tossed out of this seat because he did not represent the people in his district. When he voted for Act 10, he totally, totally went against what the constituents wanted, and he knew it. I watched an interview with him recently during that whole build-up to that vote where he was saying, oh, this is going to be very tough, and I've been getting a lot of phone calls and a lot of people stopping in the office, and yet he chose to toe the party line once again. If you vote for... for um, Dan Kapanke, you are voting for someone who is going to toe that party line every single time. And it is, it is not right. We are not parties. Partisanship is a disease. And if you want to get something done, we need to start voting for things that help people. Not this stuff about, you know, furthering this political agenda, which is ridiculous. And it's being run from outside of our state. This whole Act 10 was basically brought forward by the Koch brothers and their interests. They wanted to get unions out of their business. And so here you go, let's do it in Wisconsin. We can start there. And basically they shafted every single union worker in this state. We're talking with uh, Nurse Jane, Jane Swigum. She's running for the open seat in the 32nd District right here in the Senate. Um there's there's a lot of fight over masks right now, and, and obviously Governor Evers issued a mask mandate, so to speak, and it goes into effect essentially tonight at midnight or tomorrow morning at midnight, however you want to describe that. The GOP-controlled legislature hasn't met since mid-April, I, and I don't know if it's fair to say that because we shouldn't be meeting, really, but uh, they, they keep calling out Evers. I think we all get sick of this. We get sick of the, the Democrats calling out the Republicans to do something. You're the control legislature. Well, why don't you do something? And then the Republicans just call out the governor. You're not doing anything. And then when the governor does something, that's we too much. We shouldn't do it that way. Uh, it doesn't seem like anybody has a plan. Uh, is there any way to settle this with just, you know, if you're elected, do you have any per- ways to solve this issue? Well, you know, you have to look at this as every other human being on the planet does. When people are sitting there going, I am not going to listen to someone that's got a D behind their name or an R behind their name, we aren't going to get anywhere. If Scott Walker had come forth saying that we needed masks to be worn, then we would have the Democrats booing and hissing, and we would have the Republicans cheering him on. 
we are in the opposite situation right now. I am a nurse. I have worked in a clinic, a family medicine clinic, and we have had patients who have come into the clinic who are positive for COVID, positive for COVID, and not one of us in our clinic has developed COVID as a result of that because we insist upon our patients who enter the building, everybody, even the mailman, has to wear a mask, and we all wear masks. That is why we don't get sick. And if people want to try and get this under control, then they have got to wear a mask. It is not rocket science. This is like covering your mouth constantly, keeping your germs, your cooties to yourself. You're not sharing them with everybody else. And if I can take care of a patient who had COVID in my clinic because we both wore masks, I did good cleaning after the patient was in there and nobody got it, then we are a successful clinic. We have done what is easy to do with just some very basic steps. And if we approached it like that, where every single person that came into contact with another person was polite, was courteous, and wore a mask, we would have this well under control. Uh, you you kind of hit on, hit on this a little bit earlier. We're talking with Jane Swigum running for the 32nd Senate District right here in the La Crosse area. Um, this pandemic's kind of opened up a lot of a, a lot of holes in in quote unquote the system. Uh, one of those being, you know, healthcare and and medical care. And uh, we have these National Guard testing sites that are free. And then if they if they can't go to those, I'm not even sure if I had to go get tested and I couldn't go to a free site. I'm not really sure if I could go to the hospital, what it would cost to get tested. And then if I end up hospitalized from the virus, um, you know, I'm going to have to sell my car. Who knows, you know, where, where, where I would be after that. Cause I'm just a, a lowly radio show host. Um, but, but have you seen that as well? Just the, the idea of this pandemic's kind of like pointed out some things that, that we need to change. We absolutely need to change things. Looking at the unemployment rate right now, people have lost their health care because they have lost their jobs. We need to change that. People should not be dependent upon an employer for their health care. This is something that started out, I think, in the 1950s, where businesses used this as a means to entice um, employees. They wanted to get good employees, so they offered this as a benefit. And then somehow it became the expectation that businesses did that. So we need to look at this from a different perspective. If we take that burden of health care off of businesses, especially off small businesses, where they're paying upwards of $10,000 to get health care for their employees, and it is not good health care, that can lead you with a you know big deductible that you can't afford either. So it is time for us to change things. I would think that looking at what has happened with employment since the COVID epidemic would spur especially our Republicans in the Wisconsin legislature to accept the funds that the Fed has offered to expand Medicaid. Why aren't they doing it? And things that should really tick somebody off is that the people who are denying this health care to the people who have none in the state of Wisconsin are supplied their health care by the state of Wisconsin. Isn't that ironic that the people who are denying state-funded health care to people get it themselves? That is absolute funk. Yeah, but that's why you're running. You want that nice health care. Because I don't think nurses get the great health care plan either. I'm not really sure. But I've heard that. And yeah, I work at the hospital, but I actually don't have the greatest health care plan. Well, I'm <laughs> very lucky. I'm very lucky because I am able to afford my deductible and I'm able to afford my premiums. So 
what I have to pay in addition to what my employer pays is affordable to me. I'm an old nurse. I'm higher up on the pay scale than a lot of new nurses. I'm definitely on a higher pay scale than people who are working in maintenance and housekeeping, and that affords me a little bit of luxury. If I need to have something done with my health, I do it, and I'm able to afford it. That is not the case. We are seeing that people have huge medical debt, even those who are employed by health care providers. Like, um, there's going to be a protest on Saturday, on Sunday at 3 o'clock, and it is in support of people or trying to get rid of medical debt. Medical debt is overwhelming. And then we have got, it, it says so crazy that hospitals will then sell that debt to collections agencies. So the hospital writes it off. And the collection agency then goes out and tries to get the full amount from people that can't afford that. So your debt is forgiven at the hospital, and now you have got a collection agency calling you in order to hound you to get that money out of you. We have a huge problem. It is not, you know, you would think that healthcare would not have this as a problem, but we see it all the time. And we need to do something about it. And people need to get mad. This is ridiculous. There is no reason why we do not have a federal health care single payer available to all people. There is no reason except for people are greedy. Businesses are greedy. Health care, insurance, big pharma are greedy. They need to make money, and they're doing it at the expense of the health of Americans. And it is time to say no more to this and demand that you get better from your representatives. And if you're not getting better, then you better vote them out of office. Um, Just a minute left here, so I don't want to throw this at you. I don't know if you have enough time to tackle this, but we're also fighting about getting schools open, and I think everyone can express the importance of the idea of having kids in classes. But do you have an opinion here on, on where or what we can do with schools? I was just talking about this with my husband because our grandkids are looking at going back to school. They have done an altered kind of schedule where kids are going in, I think it's um, two days a week, and then there'll be some distance learning for them. Um, I do think it is very possible for people to, um, kids, people, adults, to wear masks, to do excellent hand hygiene, and that is something that kids can learn to do. I think it is very important that we emphasize that people who are high risk, if you have children who have impaired immune systems, if you have teachers who have heart disease or lung disease or any kind of chronic illness, we need to think about something different for them. But I do think it's possible. I am an example of it. I have dealt with people who have active COVID and I have not contracted it. So It is possible, but we need to do this in conjunction with teachers, with parents, with health care systems, with our um, school districts, with the state. We need to do what is best for these kids. And if you're in an area that is a hot spot, then we're going to have to shut down the school again. But if you're not in an area that's a hot spot, I do think it's possible for kids to go back to school. And it is a hardship for parents to be able to um, make sure their kids are getting educated while still bringing home an income. Not everybody can afford to homeschool their kids. Yeah, I've I I I I've heard this a couple of different times. Like, hey, at least I don't I've I've been laid off or I've been let go because of my job. So at least one of us, one of the parents, is at home, so we can you know homeschool our kids at this point. But you know, when everyone's going back to work, then then you know, what do you do with your kids? And then maybe what we depend on childcare. Well, that's not any different than having kids in school. So. 
Uh, yeah, it's just a, a you could run around the track all day uh, trying to figure that one out. Absolutely. I mean, and is there a perfect answer or a solution that's going to work for all things, all situations? No. And I do think that it's going to have to be something that people are going to discuss and they are going to come up with a plan. And I don't think anyone should poo-poo a parent who is afraid to send their child to school. And I don't think it's um, appropriate to do the same thing to a teacher who is afraid to return because they have health issues. All right, Jane Swiggum running for the open Senate seat here in the 32nd District. Uh, JaneTheNurse.com if you want to check that out. Thanks a lot, Jane, for, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. <laughs> you too. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Scott's coming the news coming up. After this, I'm Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone with me now, Doug Stavenaugh. He's the chief of police for the La Crescent Police Department. He's been that for the past six years. And, Doug, I want to talk about a couple of things. Thanks for joining me. Uh, one, there's a mask mandate now in Wisconsin. You guys have had that for at least a week or so. How, how is that going, the, the idea of having to enforce that, and, and have you had any problems there? So it's been going relatively well. Um, with Minnesota's push and from the Department of Public Safety's perspective, we're approaching it from an educational standpoint. Um, there's been a lot of encouragement from the state uh, aspect that they want us to particularly avoid making any arrests just around a mask issue. Um, of course, there can always be circumstances and situations that, get a little more complex, but um, I, we at the La Carson Police Department have um, planned, anticipated, figured at some point this was going to become um, a mandate, and we have masks that we, you know, we only have a limited supply, but we have more than enough that we, if it were an issue that we can actually provide people with masks to maybe overcome or, or uh, get through that, that, you know, they may not have one or offer the opportunity that here, here's just simply a mask, why don't we uh, go that direction? The other thing with uh, the mask mandate here in Minnesota that uh, uh, we've been emphasizing a lot is that there are medical conditions and reasons why people may not may not be able to wear a mask. A lot of the reasons that when it comes down to the medical issue is that uh, uh, they are protected with uh, ADH, uh, the American with Disabilities Act, and with uh, Minnesota Human Rights Act, and uh, there's it's personal private data that's protected, and, and there's no business for law enforcement or anybody else to know what that medical condition is that prevents them from Yeah, you can't, you essentially, you can't ask somebody why they're not wearing a mask if it's some kind of health condition, something like that, right? That's correct. Yep, that is absolutely correct. And once they declare, you know, let's just say the business owner wanted to ask or says, you know, masks aren't required and they say medical condition, at that point, there's no further questions that should be asked because that is all protected private data. And have you had to even do it? I mean, there's not a ton of places to be indoors in La Crescent at this point, maybe if schools open up or something, but, you know, grocery store, a couple of bars, a couple of other places, a couple of cafes and stuff. But have you even had to, uh, you know, make any, make any, not arrest, but have any talks so, with somebody? Yeah. So we've had a couple of complaints that have come through the, filtered through the department and there's a, a two point, uh, a two point area that we are providing education. One is on the complainant that we want people to understand that we shouldn't be pushing confrontation. Um, that means, you know, basically from anything from walking down the street and insisting somebody else should have a mask on. And the other uh, aspect is, is that, uh, uh, making sure that the educational component of what's allowed and what's not allowed. So, for example, if you were to go into a, an establishment that is serving, um, basically you would have to wear your mask to enter through the door, but once you're seated at the table, masks aren't required. Um, 
you know, for the obvious reason that you're there and eating. Um, you know, so it's been kind of on two fronts that we've been offering it. The other thing that we've been pushing really hard is that, uh, is that don't, don't be judgmental of other people. And, and if they, they do not have a mask on, there can be a variety of scenarios of the reasons why they don't have that on. Uh, personal accountability is, is huge on this. What we're trying to do is get just voluntary compliance with it. And what we don't want to have happen, and we should be able to, to see this in a couple of weeks here, is with having the mask mandate, but what we want to have happen is, or don't want to have happen is that uh, businesses start closing back down again. We want to get some normalcy. And if it is simply wearing a simple face covering to get some normalcy to return and we have our, uh, and we don't have any spikes in, in this virus, um, that's a win. I mean, and, and, and yes, it's inconvenient and it's not uh, great, but I don't, don't think we want to return to where we are we're really truly locked down and and uh had some limits on what we could do and how we could accomplish that now wisconsin obviously has a mask mandate going into effect essentially tonight at midnight uh, a bunch of county sheriffs have posted and sent out statements that they're not going to for example monroe county just today a couple hours ago participate in the enforcement of wearing a mask or be spending our resources on civil complaints regarding the wearing of a mask. And when they say civil complaints, I mean, and they say don't call the police if you have a problem with a mask. You guys, is this a political statement these these uh, sheriffs are because they're all elected officials? And I do believe that some of this it could be political, and that's why um, we're really emphasizing as a municipal department. One is that we're not going to make a statement like that. Uh, if a statement was to be made, it would be... It would be from the council as a whole, or the the majority, anyways, that of the council, if that was the leaning of our po- elected po- political officials. With Lacrescent here, we're not going to make any uh, organized statement in that manner because um, one thing is is that I'm looking at it from the perspective is that I don't want to politicize this. The other thing is is that uh, there is justification in uh, making an announcement that you're not going to enforce that. In that, is, as with everything in, in law enforcement and so forth, um, resources are very limited. And, and that's one of the things with us and our educational component here in the city of La Crescent is that we would much rather be pursuing the more uh, egregious crimes, you know, whether it's the thefts and, and the, the uh, property damage and assaults and those types of things. And that's where we want to be spending. Um, the public impact is probably going to be more substantial than running around and making sure that people have masks on their face. Um, you know, obviously, again, we're back to some educational components that we're asking for the voluntary compliance and that we would like you to see you wearing it if you're at all capable. But uh, our time is probably spent a little better working on some more serious issues, or at least what the society finds is more serious issues for us. Yeah, and that definitely makes sense. The only issue I see here is when if this if that if somebody saw that and then decided they were they were going to go to a store or whatever and not wear a mask and then they're in a count you know maybe where there's not city police obviously but they're going to go go ahead call Monroe County they're not going to come and do anything about it you know like it could just get into this weird situation where somebody's you know just doing you know wearing uh, not wearing a mask on purpose because they know that they're nobody's going to come stop them essentially. And absolutely, that's absolutely correct. And what we've been doing here on the Minnesota side of the river is that we've been talking with um, business owners and stuff and educating them on on that. Uh, for example, that customer comes in the door and you're having those issues. Um, really, it doesn't have to get into a, a full-blown confrontation, more or less return to some of the core basics of running a business when you have a difficult customer. Is there is there reasonable accommodations that can be made that, that you know, if let's, 
say the business is, is very into having that. Can you serve the customer outside the doors because they don't want to wear the mask? Is that a possibility? Is it a possibility that some kind of alternative could be handled so that they still retain the right to not wear the mask, but uh, you don't have the, you know, you're, you're, you're protecting your other customers and employees inside the store. All right, moving on. I wanted to get this other issue because we're at we're a day before the one year anniversary of Minnesota, the tyrannical governor also making uh, Minnesota drivers <laughs> not able to have their cell phones in their hands while they're driving. How how's that gone a year later? Uh, I think it's a slippery slope. I think we've gotten great compliance um, initially on the onset with the educational component. With the anniversary coming up, we're emphasizing that uh, that uh, let's not fall into bad habits again and let's. And literally the catch phrase is, let's park the phone. Um, for the La Crescent Police Department, uh, we've written quite a few tickets for the violation. Um, it, they're usually connected to either a property damage crash that was involved or just an egregious, um, uh, obviously distracted moment when that phone was in your hand and we've seen the traffic violation occur in front of us. Again, it's a big uh, move for our department to do education. A lot of traffic stops are conducted to, and uh, reminding people that uh, you got to put the phone down and... Um, you know, and, and I, I think uh, compliance is pretty good when a squad car, a marked squad car is visible. And once again, when I'm sitting in my personal vehicle, I, I think the compliance numbers drop significantly. How many times have you seen, how many times have you been sitting in your squad on the side of the road? And maybe you guys should do this. You should just have a tally in your, in your office a little. Yeah, I saw 14 people when I, when I'm sitting on the side of the road, they're texting and driving and they see my car and immediately you could see them kind of pull their phone down. And I, I won't say that I've done it, but I might've done it. No. And, and I think that happens quite frequently. And honestly, those are the ones that we do more of the educational approach on the traffic stop going, Hey, we noticed that you were on the phone and it looked like you made contact or recognized that I had been sitting there in a marked squad car. Um, I, I think you're aware of the law because you put the phone down. We just would like you to do that when you don't see the squad car. Yeah, it's kind of the same deal you would maybe do with uh, the mask mandate. What is the ticket for, well, what's the t- ticket? I know you're not giving them, but for, for somebody not wearing a mask. It would be $125 would be, and it is a civil violation. It's technically not a criminal violation to not have it in there. Um, again, just to reiterate, the Department of Public Safety in Minnesota here is really strongly emphasizing that law enforcement do not issue tight tickets just solely based on the mask issue. If the issue were to develop into a, a more of an assault or, or a, a disturbance that uh, law enforcement did have to intervene, they were they are asking us that, you know, it meets some other thresholds that are actually criminal, such as criminal trespass or, or disorderly conduct. Yeah, and then and then what about if I get a ticket for texting and driving or, or having my phone in my hand while driving? Essentially, yeah. it's essentially a moving violation. It would be about one hundred twenty five dollars. Minnesota has a thing with being consistent on on low level violations. Um, it would go on your driving record, and your insurance rates probably could be affected for up to three to five years, depending on the policy that you have. Okay, and then do you know? Do you have any stats? I don't know if you you look those up. How many warnings you've given out, or how many tickets you've given out for uh, you know essentially texting and driving? The texting and driving, we'd be floating right around that forty ticket citations issued. The warnings, um, usually when warnings are issued, there is multiple combination of things going on, and none of them really rose to the level of issuing just a citation for one violation. But I would probably around that seventy five mark for. Uh, traffic stops and, and asking people to put the phone down. All right. Doug Stavenow, the chief of the La Crescent Police Department. Hey, thanks a lot for joining me on this uh, Friday afternoon. Anytime. Thank you. 
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Man, I just I didn't even check the Bucks score. Oh, the Bucks are playing. This way, I gotta I gotta open NBA the NBA scoreboard here. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Bucks a uh, Bucks up two to seven. Bucks up seven to two. Two to seven. Don't don't ever say the score backwards like that. Team winning first. Oh man, I should just sign in and watch the rest of the game. Let maybe Buster Rhymes play the rest of the show. 608-785-7914. I'm getting a lot of texts here. It's just a, a, kind of an interesting perspective. In, in talking, opening the show, talking about how county sheriffs, elected positions, are putting out statements that they're not going to enforce mass mandates. Don't call them. And I think it's goofy that we put that out because then it emboldens people that want to go into a business and don't wear a mask to go into a business and don't wear a mask and then maybe get in there and say, what you going to do about it? County's not doing anything. And the city police have done a better job at this. Uh, even the lacrosse police department, the lacrosse police department put out a statement. Part of that read uh, city lacrosse city police department feel the mask mandate proves it provides a common sense safety tool. We're asking the community to voluntarily comply. Our efforts will include education and seeking of voluntary compliance in a rare event. A referral for a citizen civil forfeiture would be made. It would be made by the DA and uh, Doug Stavanaugh, the La Crescent police chief, said that just just a little bit ago too. They're they're doing this more of an educational thing. Um, I will say uh, also on the flip side, maybe don't call the police every time you see somebody not wearing a mask. I, I guess I, you know, my perspective is don't make this public that you're not going to enforce it. It'd be like saying, hey, we're not going to enforce speeding anymore, and then people would be like, oh, they're not enforcing Sweet, I can speed. Oh, they're not enforcing it. Sweet, I can wear a mask. And I get it. There's a, there's a law and there's a mandate, and it's a little bit different, but uh, these are elected officials, so that's what they're doing. But on the flip side, uh, from the police's perspective, I guess I'm hearing that <laughs> they're getting a lot of phone calls about people wearing masks, or not wearing masks, sorry. So... Uh, what are we calling those people? Karens? So a lot of Karens out there calling in. Sorry if your name is Karen. Man, the Karens are really, they're really the, the actual Karens out there. Unless they are being Karens. <laughs> um, number three is calling in. Number three, go ahead. You're on the air. Oh, hey, that was the quickest phone call ever. Uh, who else calling in? Uh, Joe, Joe, you're calling in. Go ahead, man. Hey, you know... I think you made your point and you didn't even realize it before when you said uh, when you were talking about might as well not even enforce marijuana, like trying to pretend like cloth is a biological barrier and that people can't use nature. I mean, those are both re- ridiculous laws. So I think you made your point and you didn't even realize you did. Okay. So. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. Um, people use nature. Okay. Uh, Eric from Sparta is calling it. Eric, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I hate Tony Evers guts. <laughs> well, why? Say, listen up, please listen No, me. you listen. Why do you hate him first? I want to know. He's a left-wing liberal but hack, that's, that's, number one. He's not, really, it's but like, why do like you? Lady, just like the lady who was on show earlier. Okay, well, you don't want to, being a left-wing liberal hack isn't a thing to hate. <laughs> like, that's not a, like, a specifically, why? It's just, oh, it's, it's tough. Bucks are up uh, fifteen to two now. They just went on an eight zero run. Come on, eight zero run. This by the time I get on, get to a TV to watch this game, it's going to be over. Giannis has got eight points. He's four for four from the field. Chris Middleton six points. <laughs> you guys aren't going to get anything out of me the rest of the show. But no, okay. So for for real though, the 
the the idea that that I, I really this is this is eye opening too that I I didn't I didn't even think like yeah maybe there are a lot of people out there calling the police and being like hey that guy's not wearing a mask I saw him I drove by I drove by the the bar and he was walking into brother's bar and he wasn't wearing a mask nine one one nine one one what's your, what's your emergency dude walked by walked into brother's bar he wasn't wearing a mask all right thanks a lot. <laughs> just uh yeah okay there's two sides of this i also just don't think it needs to be publicized that hey in, in such a way a derogatory way hey and then when the police do have to go out essentially if they do go out to have to deal with someone because i can I, we've seen this before uh people in customer service probably better de- better able to deal with uh disgruntled customers than police maybe as long as they don't have tasers on them the, the 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 customers i mean so whew, yeah uh it looks like republicans are going to go after the mask order anyway so and then it'll go to the supreme court but jill karofsky the quote unquote liberal supreme court judge takes over tomorrow so the conservative majority will be 4-3 so funny how everything is everything is left and right wing including county sheriffs i never thought about it until yesterday when I started seeing county sheriff statements that were a little out there, a little out there that, oh, yeah, county sheriff in Monroe, that's kind of a rural area. He wants to get out ahead of being anti-mask guy, and he's not going to enforce it. And the way he wrote it looks pretty anti-mask and pretty, like, uh, Republican. And, and yeah, I guess, yeah, there there's R's and D's next to those guys' names. I just never thought about it. Didn't care. Didn't care when I was voting for sheriff. In fact, I don't even think I voted for the Houston county sheriff last time because I didn't do any research so i didn't feel like i had a vote even though he would literally be my sheriff all right so the the one thing that's interesting if you want to go on wisdomnews.com and read this with the headline wisconsin republicans quote unquote stand ready to kill the mask requirement is the little sentence here the gop controlled legislature has not met since april despite calls from so while they're railing against evers taking up issues to combat COVID-19, they're also not meeting. But on the flip side, on top of that, we shouldn't be meeting anyway, because if you get a bunch of Republicans and Democrats together to meet and and discuss this, only half the group's going to be wearing masks, right? All right, that's the show. Have a good weekend, everybody. I'm going to run home quick and watch the Bucks. Thanks a lot for listening. Evers to convene to take up issues related to the pandemic.